Hello and welcome to another episode of We're Drunk and We Know Things. This month recording in the Prince of Wales, which has pretty much become our regular go-to <laughs> location. Um, we are still drinking Hoppelganga? Hoppelganga. I think I got it right this time. I honestly, when I went to the bar last time, I did order two pints of Hornswoggle and she gave it to me, so it's fine. <laughs> um, this month we're doing something a bit different. Uh, we've reached the letter I. So we've given up on films. We've given up on films completely. Um, we're, we're just going to talk about... Colour Indigo. Yes. It's Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, there was an obvious choice for which films we would put in the poll, mm. um, being, well, a trilogy of films that begin with letter I, and we thought, well, rather than have to pick just one of them, why don't we cover all three? Yes. This may be a decision that comes back to bite us horrifically in <laughs> the arse. This podcast is 24 hours long. But... You're very welcome to join us uh, along as we take a, a wander through a classic trilogy. Mm. Almost the classic trilogy. Ooh. This month on We Drunk and We Know Things, it's the letter I, and we are covering Indiana Jones. That's what I do. I drink. I know things. So this week, this month, we are doing Indiana Jones. Uh, like you said, we could talk about this for about 400 years. So uh, I've tried to keep it as brief as I can. It's not going to be brief, but it's as brief as it can be. Uh, and it's, just to be clear, Indiana Jones, um, Indiana Jones they, they made three films. Yes, three films. Only three. Like, it's like, what are you talking about? Oh, right, yeah. Yep. Only ever made three. They definitely didn't show. make a fourth. TV there show. was a TV show. Marvel made a number yep. of comics. So there will be uh, no mention of anything... There were three movies. ...crystalline or, Don't know what you're talking about. or bony. I've never even heard the word. No, right, so, okay. Treasure was in Elijah and Elijah was a treasure, but that's not the point. Um, you on, don't have to call me treasure, sweetie. So, yes, the Indiana Jones films, everybody grew up in these movies. Yep. Everyone. Everyone in the whole world. We will come on to it later, obviously, but we do have some one-star reviews, and it seems like people like don't like individual movies... But it's ordinarily framed around, I love the other two, but this one, except for some nutters who we've got in one-star reviews, so I have that to look forward I to. I want to meet the people who just don't like They're the, the entire franchise. You don't. I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, we'll come to the reviews later. Right, so yeah, the three films are? The films are Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, I was reaching for a second there, I've only spent 14 million hours this week reading about these films, uh, and Last Crusade. Um, which was called Last Crusade because it was, in fact, his last the crusade. Last his last outing adventure. for indie. This is what the internet needs, is two more guys that are upset about how they made a fourth one and it wasn't very good. But anyway. anyway. I don't know what you're talking about. I've purposely... I want to spring this on you now. I've purposely not put discussion of the fourth one on the outline for this, for this episode because I thought it would be better just to spring it on you in about an hour's time when we've had a bit more to drink because I think it would be more entertaining that way. What you can't hear, dear <laughs> listeners, is the death stare I'm currently giving Mike. We've got to. You might be able to hear it. Actually, We've if you listen really to. carefully, there's kind of a high-pitched whine <laughs> yeah. as my, so my head explodes as like my glare bores through to the like back Belloc's, of his non-crystal like, skull. Like Belloc's head explodes. Right, so yeah, so... Let's have a brief summary of the of the movies then. Do do we really need to? We'll just have a, we'll have a quick chat about it later. All right, okay. I'll just do, give a five or ten. Five or ten. Well, four and a half. Go on. So anyway, so we'll do a quick overview of the movies, because rather than, I mean, like I say, these are 
we could just do a podcast just about Indiana Jones, and by that I mean we could do about 25 episodes. It's it's crazy. Oh, yeah, there's it's, it's tons of mental. stuff out there. So, in summary, Indiana Jones... Indiana uh, Jones, first one, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the best one. 1981, the best <clears> one. <throat> the best one. No. 1981, the best one. We're going to have that conversation best later. One. By every metric available. Uh, 1981, uh, Lucas wrote a outline for a story in 1973 called The Adventures of Indiana Smith. <laughs> Fucking George, oh, George. Lucas. <laughs> Fucking George Lucas. Um, and then was like, oh, actually, I think I'll make this space opera thing I want to make instead. Uh, and then he made this little indie film yeah. uh, called Star Wars. Uh, and then he came back to it when he was starting to think about making Empire. He started to think about doing this uh, throwback to, like, serials from the 30s and 40s and 50s. Um of like adventure programs essentially like it was a cliffhanger every week and he had this idea of a leather jacketed three day stubble bull whipped fedora wearing like you know very full fully imagined Indiana Jones kind of character um, in these series of adventures um, he was very good friends with Philip Kaufman who is a um, director of um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers the 70s remake oh, right, okay. incredible movie and Philip Kaufman said, well, if he's going to go after an artifact, he should go after the Ark. Uh, and obviously not Noah's Ark, but the, the Ark of the Covenant, which is a thing from like Hebrew law or Christian law or whatever. Both, um, they kind of overlap fairly well, significantly. Yeah, yeah, the whole Old Testament thing. Um, and yeah, he said, you should do that. So he looked into it. Steven Spielberg at the time um, had just signed a deal with United Artists. And he said, they said to him, what do you want to do? And he said, I want to make a James Bond film. And they said, well, no, tough shit. English directors make James Bond films. It doesn't matter if you're Indiana, Indiana Jones. It doesn't matter if you're Steven Spielberg. You don't, you're American. Can tough. we just take a moment to pause and imagine what the world would have been like if Spielberg had directed an early 80s Well, that would have been 1970... A late 70s. Sorry, that would be 1980, let's say, then. So this is when they're having this conversation. So 1980, is you're talking about uh, Bros... Not Brosnan. Moore... So View to the Kill was when? 1985? Yeah. So you're talking about early, just after Live and Let Die, probably. I, I wouldn't like it myself. I think it'd be too much. But anyway, but anyway that, that's for the Bond So Spielberg has been told, you can't do Bond. No, you can't do Bond. Um, and George Lucas said to him, well, I've got something better for you. I've got this idea. And they start to talk about this idea of this character. And Steven Spielberg wants him to be quite Bondian. He wants him to be a millionaire playboy. <laughs> Um, and uh, George Lucas wants him to be like an alcoholic kind of like hard-bitten character like Humphrey Bogart and Treasure from Sierra and uh, Madre and stuff like that. Um, they decide that actually he's got to be a bit of a role model um, and he's got to be a bit more um, clean-cut kind of thing, you know. He's got to be an academic and that kind of stuff. So they come up with this character of a, of a professor by day, adventurer by night, kind of whatever. Um, and they get this wonderful up-and-coming gentleman that they've just met called Lawrence Kasdan to write the script, who ends up writing Empire and Jedi. Uh, re you know, Return yeah. of the Jedi. <laughs> um, and yeah, the, the rest, as they say, is, is history. They shot in France, Hawaii, Tunisia, all over the place. They shot Star Wars in Tunisia. But when they shot in Tunisia, they shot in the cold months. When they shot in Tunisia in, in, for Indiana Jones, for, for Raiders, apparently it was like 130 degrees... Like Fahrenheit, obviously not Celsius. That would be insane. But uh, but yeah, like crazy, crazy, crazy hotness. So they made this movie, eighteen million dollar budget, very small, uh, very small budget. Shot it in seventy three days. So 
to keep it under budget, because Spielberg at this point is quite famous for going over budget, he's only made like four films, he's already famous for it, and um, he, uh, they're given 85, so they time it for 73, shoot it in 73, uh, 18 million, makes 384 million dollars worldwide, breaks box office records, nominated for nine Oscars, including Best Picture, and wins Best Sound, Best Film Editing, Best Visual Effects, and Best Art Direction slash Set Decoration, which is fair cop, I think, to be honest. Yep. And has some of the best performances. I mean, this is a thing which will set the internet on fire because we've got that many listeners, but better performance in Indiana Jones than as Han Solo? Yes. And I think identifi- identifiably I different think, characters. To be fair, you get more depth to Indiana Jones than you do to Han Solo. Oh, I don't know. I feel so bad just saying no, it. No, I think that's defensible. It's, it's I mean, all the... All I mean, the, I'm, I'm not going to stand we, between you and the mob when they come for you, The best, but the best thing about those mo- that movie is, uh, for me, is Salah and Belloc. Anyway. We've had a resounding success with the first film. Enormous success. Ridiculous. Like, Spielberg says, huge, listen, so I might do the next one, but I'm not going to do the third one. So they're obviously going to do a second one. So they write the second one. They've decided that they want to make a horror film. They want to make a terrifying film. So they made Temple of Doom, which is, you know, is super dark. You know, it, there's possession. There's a lot of children being enslaved and being beaten. There's Willie Scott. Lots of terrifying, terrifying things. And the script through went many, many different iter- iterations. So originally they actually had Indy on a motorbike racing along the Great Wall of China, uh, but China wouldn't give them permission. Like, they actually went to the Republic of China and said, do you mind if we put Harrison Ford on a motorbike and let him ride along the Great Wall of China? I mean, to be fair, greatest thing of all time. That would have been amazing. Amazing. Um, It also had a hidden valley of dinosaurs. Uh, An early (laughs) precursor, like a lost lost, uh, lost lost world world, type thing, you know? Like, an early precursor. This is what I'm saying, like, Crystal Skull shouldn't have been a surprise. Because even as early as Temple of Doom, they were like, we should put dinosaurs in it, which is mental. And, you know, Jurassic Park's the best. So, anyway. Uh, When they were coming to writing the script, George Lucas wanted a young virginal princess as a sidekick, instead of short round, right? Um, Until it was pointed out that that is super fucking creepy. (laughs) Fucking weirdo. George Lucas. Can't do that. That It's Tim Berners Lee level of creepiness. What are you talking about? It's it's, it's so good. It's so good. Um, And then when they they wrote the script, obviously it's all set in India, Pankot Palace, and all all that kind of business. Um, They asked for permission to shoot in India, and India said, fuck off. This is the most racist film in the world. We don't eat chilled monkey brains. We don't. What? We're not like the 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 Kali. Th- I mean, Kali's not even actually the goddess of death anyway. But it's like they would basically they say fuck off. So yeah, I think in terms in- of racial sensitivity, <laughs> out of the gate, they just it's so they, bad. they come out swinging. Like that palace scene with the. I mean, it's gross, but it's the feast. The, the feast, banquet. yeah. yeah oh. So weird. Custard yogurt. The monkey brains, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they shot in Sri Lanka, uh, and and like as you say, it, it was less well received because it was so dark. Um, I love it, to be honest. I, I think also it. they but maybe I grew up with it because you know. Well, we'll we'll come back to this. I'm I'm sure in in about two minutes time, but they broke faith with the Not previous film. <laughs> Yeah, they did. It, you know, it lost a lot of the sense of fun. And fair enough, you have the intro, which is in China, but then it's pretty much all one country, one place. So there's none of the crazy... Let's put it this way. Indiana Jones yeah. invented the red dot travelling on a map. 
Well, no, Casablanca invented that, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. As no, in you're absolutely bouncing right. Bouncing around. Yeah, I mean that's and... it. I mean because that's that's what they were trying to do when they wrote, wrote Raiders. Is that the reason that James Bond was so successful? Is when Doctor No came out, international travel wasn't really a thing available to the masses, so it was lots of exotic locales and all that kind of stuff. And they were replicating the same thing. They're going to all these different places all over the world. I mean, the original script. Um, had like 25 more places which we'll come to I mean Shanghai all different places for Raiders um, he fought a Chinese general in the palace and all sorts of things um, but they had to turn it down because of just the budget they couldn't get the money but that's that is I agree the falling down a wee bit of because they go from China to all of many. India are they in China at the beginning of Temple they're Day? in China they are they're in Shanghai yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's Shanghai to India via life raft well via the Himalayas via the Himalayas yeah indeed yeah so, not not terribly well received. So, Spielberg only wanted to do two. Lucas originally said that they would do five to Paramount Pictures, of which is how he they did. got. I mean, they got some kind of ridiculous sweet deal. He said they do five. Uh, they didn't say they do three. Spielberg said, "I'll direct the third one, but I'll and I'll you know I'll shepherd oversee the third one, but I'm not directing it because the second one wasn't so well received." Um, he said, "Okay, I'll do the third one." And they went right back to basics. They went back to um, Brody and Salah. They went back to a kind of intellectual equal as a as a as a female uh, counterpart. Um, they went back to the good stuff, basically. Fundamentally, in the group. it's the same plot. But they had his daddy, and he's the daddy of daddies. So Sean Connery is the only person, possible person, that they could have they wanted to ask. Apparently, um, they sent him the script, and Sean Connery absolutely fucking hated it. Absolutely <laughs> despised it, and sent it back uh, with a load of notes written all over it, and just basically said he's like a crotchety old man. He wanted to be like Sir Richard Burton, not Liz Taylor's husband, Sir Richard Burton, yeah, who yeah. like you know a tra- a traveler and a world explorer. He wanted to be more like that, more like a prototype Indiana Jones, basically. You know, you've got that incredible scene at the beginning of River Phoenix. Which is, is just the best. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, so, yeah, so they just wanted to refill, re, sorry, um, recapture the feeling of, of the first one. Christopher Columbus, who wrote um, Goonies and Gremlins, got him to write it. He went on to make. Um, what's Harry it called? Potter. He did make a Harry Potter. He made Home Alone. Did he make Home Alone? Yeah, John Hughes wrote them and he directed them, yeah. Um, and the original script that, that he wrote was um, based on the Monkey King legend from China. Mm hmm. So he was battling Scottish ghosts, travelling all over the world. He was killed and resurrected. He saved a 200-year-old pygmy, and he got married. And they were like, nah, I'm all right, thanks. Steven Spielberg said, you know what would be good? Is we never met his dad. That would be good, because then we could see another side of him, like him as a, a more vulnerable side of him, because like, you know, he calls him junior all the way through and that kind of stuff. He turns into a bit of a little boy when his dad's around. You yeah, know? calls him sir. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's very deferential, yeah. Um, so Jeffrey Bohm reworked the script. Tom Stoppard did a lot of work on it, um, and he came up with young indie Fedora, which is the character that they call uh, the guy on the train. Yep. Gives him the Fedora, literally, you know. Um, and yeah, that was a much bigger financial success. I mean, that was nominated for three Oscars, Best Sound Score, and one for Best Sound Effects. It had 48 million budget. So you think the first one had 18. So Crystal Skull, 198 million. So from 18 to 198 in, well, well a long time, but still. And it made half a, half a billion quid. 
basically. Half a bath. Half a bath. Half a bath, as we're going to now call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's. I mean, we don't need to go through the plot and all that kind of stuff. We'll talk most, about our favourite scenes. Most people stuff, have seen this. If not, then again, why are you, why are you listening, listening to this, to this podcast? This podcast? <laughs> is a podcast um, being recorded by a man who is dressed up as Indiana Jones. You yeah, you can't see this. Go and check out our Instagram, yeah. um, which is uh, wdawkt, for a shot of Mike doing his best pensive indie pre-idol grab. I look amazing. Yeah. Come on, Rob, say it. I look amazing. Well, we haven't talked what about size is that hat, Mike? <laughs> Pinhead size. <laughs> you got big head. That's the problem. You got big heads. Big head. It's a medium. Uh, <coughs> right. Um, but yeah, so. The junior medium. So the reason, I think the reason that the movies are as good as they are is because, it, what is are because of the characters? Is, is because of the characters? I've heard it both ways. Is because of the characters. Yeah. Well, so I think I, fundamentally, I it, 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 don't get me wrong, the plot is amazing. In terms of, well, it's, it's it's varied, it's pacey. They all start like you've you, got villains, you've got goodies, but yeah. it's the characters and the performances in those characters that really make nothing. this. There's a MacGuffin which is nothing, and it's yeah. just about spending time with this badass, basically, isn't it? Really. Um, so I thought we would go through characters, allies, enemies, and henchmen. So really, if we're going to talk about allies, well, before we talk start talking about allies I think probably the best thing we need to do is, is actually talk about Indiana Jones yeah so as I said before he our main man our main man indeed played by Harrison Ford he's quite famous and if you've heard of him no is it, what's he done um, he was in um, Hostage he was in the movie of the fugitive oh did he do Taken no that's Liam Neeson oh, close right. though he was in um, uh, he was in Star Wars Oh, yeah. He's Luke Skywalker. Yeah. No, no, I was mixed up. Um, hey, oh, brilliant. That was laboured. Anyway, so he came up with it <clears> in 1973. He was called Indiana Smith because George Lucas is a fool. And he wanted to be Bondian. As well, we I like the idea before. of Professor Smith. <laughs> Just sounds a bit... Dr. Smith. Sounds a bit, was a bit weak to me. I mean, to be fair, um, they ended up on Jones, so it's not like a million miles away. It sounds stronger, I, I know, but I just think it sounds stronger. I don't know why. It's probably because I'm used to it. So the role was originally offered to one Mr. Thomas Selleck. Really? To Tom Selleck. <laughs> um, he totally agreed to do it and everything, uh, but he'd written the... Um, he'd, sorry, just started in the pilot for uh, Maverick P.I., I mean, Ma- Magnum P.I., um, and the series got picked up, so, so he wasn't allowed to do it. Oh, gutted. So CBS uh, wouldn't let him out of his contract or whatever, and he just couldn't do it. They wouldn't delay another year, another season, to do Magnum, so uh, it was tough shit. So they shopped around everywhere, and eventually um, one of them just said, I can't remember which one, Spielberg or, 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 or Lucas said... I'm guessing well, it would have been Lucas. What about um, Harrison Ford? You Fair know, enough. he's charismatic, we like him, we know he can work well with him and that kind of stuff, and yeah, and, and history, as it were, was, was written. Again. Kind of thing. Well, if you consider the number of films that we will talk about on this podcast where history has been written by people saying what about Harrison Ford? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is very true. He's very versatile. Um, so yeah, so if we get to Allies proper, we'll do it in, in movies, movies, movies. Uh, okay, chronology. so starting with Raiders, we've so, got Dr. Jones. Yeah. Come Dr. Jones, Dahl. Um, and then Marion is the first one, right? Yep. Marion Ravenwood. Who for Daughter some reason I put as a, as a double Ab- barrel. Abner? Abner, yep. Um, Abner Revenue, who he, he's told is dead. Yeah. He's told he's dead. He's not, though. No. Oh, God. But no, anyway, he is. 
Unfortunately, so, they never made another movie um, where he shows up. Deborah Winger was initially offered the role, but she turned it down. Uh, sorry, who's Deborah Winger? I think, isn't she the one from Will and Grace? No, that's no, Deborah Messer. Deborah Messer. Also, um, wasn't she like five? I've, I've written down trivia here without looking it up, and I don't know who she that's is. That's fine. I'm just going to call you on them. Cool. Because it turns um, out there are some things you don't know. I'm right with the I'm right with the West, but for some reason I've written that down. Anyway, um, go on. In the initial script, um, she was actually torn between Belloc and Jones. Because oh, in, in the initial in the initial script, they were meant to be actually quite similar, but Belloc was more unscrupulous but more uh, open with his feelings, as it were. So, actually, she was actually drawn drawn to him, which I think you get a bit of in the tent scene. No. She says, I like you very much, Rene, but now I must be going. Like, I feel like she's had a good time. Well, yeah, because she's drunk. No, but I... I and she's getting him drunk so she can escape. She's um, completely calculating. All of the backstory... She feels nothing for him. <laughs> well, disagree. Agree to disagree. Nope. All of the backstory about the romance with Indy, uh, when she was 15, 16, apparently, she came up with, um, which is a bit creepy, but it was a different time. No, it doesn't really count. Still a bit creepy. Um, but she came up with all that, apparently. She wanted them to have backstory. He wasn't just going to get one one bit. Yeah. Um, interestingly, she, in the initial script, she only had one half of the head of staff, of, the head of the staff of Ra. Um, but we'll come to where the other half the head of staff for R was later. I'm intrigued. <laughs> so, what's good Marianne? about this is we're going to forget now, and I'm not going to say. Marion, who Ooh. else have we got? Salah, my favourite. Yep. John Reese Davis. As a British tar is a, a Gilbert and Sullivan as singing. He's a legend. He's um, a legend. Yeah. Dig. Crew. He's the best digger in Egypt. Yeah. Best digger in Africa. Yeah. yeah. It's a very strange um, combination. That role was originally offered to Danny DeVito. Oh Christ! <laughs> who um, passed? He said no. Without they said, don't even audition. We want you. I'm, and he said no because he wanted to keep working on Taxi. I'm not going to lie. I, I think that the world probably is slightly yeah, better yeah. off. Given uh, that I, I remember him from Jewel of the Nile. So John Rhys Davis is like six foot eight or something. You know, he's he, huge. Yeah. You know, he plays the. You know, he plays the what's it called? The dwarf in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. He's the tallest cast member of Lord of the Rings, even though he plays a dwarf. But anyway, bit of trivia for you. Um, and they had to rework the role because apparently just like all of his role were just short jokes. <laughs> so if you look, he's always he does look shorter than Harrison Ford, but it's just a way it's shot. Um, and they reworked it to, for him to be more like full stuff. Um, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. Um, when he's in Last Crusade, um, John Rhys Davis said that he should be more affluent and more wealthy and like more successful then. Yeah. He, feel, he feels like more of a, an accomplished man by then. Um, Masala is my absolute favourite of his allies. They're digging in the wrong place is one of my favourite moments. I mean, I love that. I love that so Oh, much. I don't know. Fast hands. You know, he saves Indiana Jones' life. He does. Bad date. Bad date. Yeah. So good, so good. And frankly, it has a ginormous family and question mark harem. Yeah, and, and in no, they're not actually seen in Last Crusade either. Like, yeah. he's just done one. Uh, I'm guessing Brilliant. it was like part of his affluence because he binned <laughs> off the kids. Yeah, he suddenly got loads more... <laughs> loads more disposable income. income. Yeah. Um... So who else is on the goody side? Well, really, the big one for Raiders is the introduction of Marcus Brody, Denholm Elliott, yep. uh, who is proper ledge, very serious in Raiders, bit very more a, serious, in bit Raiders. more of a buffoon. But uh, in always, always, always in both of the movies brings the spiritual counterbalance. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the same fucking film, right? Yeah. Well, like I know I don't think so because that scene in Last Crusade when he's like. Uh, 
He speaks five languages. <laughs> like, oh, no, that, <laughs> and it just cuts to him but going, at the same time, Hello, does got... anybody know the way to the British Museum? Yeah, the the quest so for the good. grail is the quest for the divine in all of us. Yeah, and the quest, you know, yeah he's yeah, clearly yeah. A, a broader and thinker. And like, he's such a In contrast actor. to Indy's tomb-robbing, smash-and-grab yeah, yeah. approach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But he, he's such a good actor that he really sells to, like, those scenes in Last Crusade when he's, like, tending to Henry Jones Sr. And he's like... Um, you know, you must hurry, Indy, all that kind of stuff. He like, sells, sells it so much. A lot of the tension from that, those scenes are, are from him. Yeah. Um, so then that, well, that brings us on to the next one, which is Temple of Doom, to your personal favourite, oh, Willie Scott. on a bike. Played by Kate Capshaw. Um, Sharon Stone, Sharon Stone, Sharon Stone auditioned for it and got it. And why couldn't she have and done it? She turned it down. She was like, sound shit. I don't want to be in the sequel to like the biggest film in recent memory. So Sharon Stone turned it down. But she was in um, King Solomon's Mines. Do you remember that? The Alan Quartermain, like yeah, yeah. Indiana Jones ripoff. She's in that. So clearly yeah. making up for well, clearly, opportunities yeah, yeah. lost. This will be as big. I'm, it's I'm definitely not, not a ripoff. Lie. Sharon Stone probably would have been directed into exactly the same kind of character. It does how the character is written. Um, and yeah, it's the character yeah. I take objection to, not the actress. No, and I agree with you 100%. You're but the character whiny. is a whiny, one-dimensional like, When I was reading recently space. about this, it talks about how like her character changes from being a whiny, like prissy city girl to being like more rough and ready and being a more well-rounded person. It's definitely not. She's still a horrible pain in the arse. Well, she does I mean, work out how to be moderately respectful to villagers in a country <laughs> where you've crash-landed. Yeah, you have it to tell her to her eat that food. three days. Yeah, Jesus. And a near-death experience. Jesus. So for the reason the character is like that is they wanted, they wanted to be Temple of Doom to be different from Raiders. Uh, they succeeded. <laughs> yes, no, I agree. So, so they made her the direct opposite of Marion, basically, to the point where Kate Capshaw is a brunette and she yeah, bleached yeah. her hair Um She is named after Steven Spielberg's dog. No. So Indiana Jones, which we didn't say, sorry. Well, of course, Indiana named after Jones George is Lucas's famously dog. named after yeah, George Lucas' dog, yeah. and that um, the, the carries through dog. to the film. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And Willie Scott is Willie is the name of Steven Spielberg's dog, so that's why she's called Willie. And then he married her. He, he, really, ma- he, he married, really, he, he really fucked the dog on that he, one. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best. I'm the best. Uh, this, this is the reason that people tune in. I wouldn't yeah. mind, of all of the starring ladies in the indie franchise, I'm guessing, I don't know, maybe she's just... I prefer her to Kate Blanchett in the fourth one. There isn't a fourth movie. We sorry, yes, yeah, sorry. It's my fault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what parallel universe you're... I'm striking his hair. So, that brings us on to one Mr. Short Round, as he's introduced to Pangot Palace, by Jonathan Kikwan, which I'm definitely saying wrong, but, you know get over it um, he is named after Temple of Doom writers screenwriters their dog oh so god <laughs> William Hayek and Gloria, Gloria Katz uh, who wrote the screenplay for Temple of Doom their dog is called Short Round because uh, he's short and round which makes more sense as a name of a dog than it does as a human because I mean there's a round eye joke in there somewhere well he is short it's, he is short and this um, is one of those characters that was totally unnecessary in the film I love him but actually does work but he's like the Ewoks but he's he like, only works he doesn't serve any purpose what's his name Jonathan Jonathan Kikwam yeah because the actor is actually pretty good well his brother came to um, audition 
um, and he was like sitting around talking to people, like just accompanying his brother with his, their mum or whatever. And Steven Spielberg spotted him, and like the way he interacted with people, he loved so much that he gave him the role, not his brother. Oh. <laughs> Are he and his brother still talking? No, they had a knife fight, and uh, he killed his brother. I don't, I don't wow. know. I, I, mean, I haven't got that level of trivia. I don't and know. this is because he went on to do He's Goonies, Christmas. right? Well, when would, no, because no, Goonies was already out. Had he done Goonies? Oh, hang on. Come on, you're the one who's meant to no, research this No, because Christopher Columbus wrote that. So when did Goonies come out? No, this is 84 and Goonies is 85. So this must got him the job in... So this was his first film, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. So and first of, first of two. Um, well, he's done other stuff. Yeah, he um, went on to be like a stunt choreographer yeah. um, under uh, Corey Yoon, the very famous um, fight choreographer, for uh, X-Men and The One, Jet Li's The One. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Um, he learned um, so he went away Taekwondo from on the set of... Yeah. Of this, yeah, absolutely, Temple absolutely, yeah. Um, he couldn't read English when he started making this film, so either the scenes are improvised, like the card scene, card playing. Yeah, yeah. So that's all improvised, um, or if there were dialogue, he there was dialogue he needed to actually deliver, then Steven Spielberg would read it out to him, and he just repeat it. Nice. This is what you got to say, action, and then you know. Um, as it, with everything you read with any of these kind of actors, Harrison Ford took him under his wing and loved him and blah, 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 and, you know. Which I'm, to be honest, that does come you know, across. I, I, I mean, I hope yeah, I They clearly had way more fun making this movie than we got. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Although, no, apparently, a lot of people are watching it. I mean, it was very badly, re well, bad, badly received, which, and it is dark, but I love it, I love it. So, yeah, so the last of the allies I've got, I mean, there are loads more, but we'd be here all day. So the last of the allies we've got is Henry Jones Sr., Mr. Sean, Sean Connery himself, which I guess is a kind of a nod to the Bondian elements of it, but maybe not. Maybe it's just Sean Connery's the best, so they gave him the role. I think if you want the cool but stern dad to hmm. an incredibly recognisable and famous character, you character have to roll out an actor yeah. who can stand up against that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly it. And like that is what Spielberg said at the time as well, which is it's going to challenge Harrison Ford to have to be up against such a, a strong personality in scenes, yeah. because he's always the... I think that's why that movie works so well. Is that he's always like the uh, dominant character in, in every single scene, regardless of he's whether he's the underdog or not. But with him, he definitely has a deference to to Sean Connery that was so so good. Um, he's really, like I said before, he's originally written as a crotchety old man, and Connery got the ch a script changed. Um, he's actually only twelve years older than Harrison Ford. It's crazy, which is weird. Which is so weird. Uh, and he turned down a cameo in. Um, that movie that you've uh, never heard of uh, because he was enjoying retirement too much. Yeah, fair enough. Which I get, which yeah. I get. I wish everybody had turned down a role in that movie. <laughs> so, so that's the allies. So that brings us to... Now we get on to the good stuff. The enemies. The bad yeah, guys. Absolutely. So you've got and to start. Are, there are, just before we get in, there are some amazing... They're so good. Amazingly evil... They're so good. So... Are we going to start again from... So we'll do chronologically, so we will start with the best villain from the best film, Dr. René <clears throat> Emile Belloc, a yeah. shadowy reflection of Indiana Jones. He's the anti-Jones. Played by Paul Freeman. He is amazing. And he's introduced from the outset as yeah, yeah, the yeah. anti-Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too bad you don't speak Covites. Covites? Covites. Once Hovites. again, Dr. Jones, we see there is nothing that you can take that <laughs> so I cannot possess. Good. I mean, he is so good all the Stop way through. Anyway. Um, he's great in Hot Fuzz. Um, he's in Hot Fuzz. He's a priest. Yeah. Um, he's so good. He's so, so good. Um, I mean, all of those scenes with Karen, which are absolutely amazing. Uh, Karen Allen. Apparently, I'm calling her Karen now because we're such close friends. 
the scenes with Marion in the tent when they get drunk. Um, the scene where he gets a machine gun and Indy's going to blow up the Ark. Yep. And he's like, go, go ahead, go ahead. It's, I mean, he's so well written, and Paul Freeman is so fucking good in that role. There isn't any trivia about him because that's who they wanted, that's who they got, and he's amazing. Yep. There's no funny stories, he's just incredible. Which is why Raiders is the best film. No, it's not. Because the villain no, I mean, of your movie that you love the most is a blonde Nazi lady who's hot. Technically, it's evil itself. Please. <laughs> okay. Also, so. the movie I love has the ultimate villain who isn't even on your billing. But we're no, not going to talk about it. <laughs> no, well, I can't hit her um, out because we'd have time. <laughs> so then, then the other villain of Raiders is Arnold Ernst Tot. Tote? Don't yep. know. Played by Ron- Ronald Lacey. And he is if there are Germans the in these films, they play by English people. Nazi Amazing. SS guy, Comes right? into the tent and he looks like nunchucks or something. He turns into a coat hanger. Such a good moment. Um, he burns the hand, runs out into the snow. Um, and he is fundamentally creepy. He is fantastic. He's fantastic. Yeah. So Klaus Kinski turned down that role because he hated the script. Um, and in the original scripts, Chris Spielberg wanted him to be a cyborg. And he had an arm that trans- that transformed into a flamethrower and or a machine gun. Amazing, <laughs> but at the same time, there is a bit of How me good is that, that is... How good is that? I, I want to know who it is, whose job is it on these movies to stand up to Steven Spielberg and George Lucas and say, George, Stephen, you need to go and sit down in a darkened room for I a think bit because be- you between them, the fucking shark. Between them, they talk each other down and also... They get these writers in who go, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Just because you're Steven Spielberg and you can definitely do that, doesn't mean you should do that. Perhaps, like, the reason Jaws is good is because technological constraints made Jaws amazing. Yeah. He wanted the shark in view, full view all the time, which wouldn't have been as good. Possibly because, singing. Because the, the shark was broken down, it couldn't be in view, so Jaws is amazing. So as soon as you put a limitation on these blokes, they're really good. Like giving Irvin Kirshner a, a writing group or something like that. Anyway. anyway, so we've got the first, and this is also the introduction of the Nazis as the larger, broader bad guys. Yes. Which gives Shock, you some fairly a good. A shock of a, a film written um, by two Jewish geezers who could remember melee the Second scenes World War. and what have you. Yeah. Um, who else? The, um, that, sorry, one other thing about that guy is that guy, Ronald oh. Lacey, also in your favourite film, Last Crusade, played Heinrich Himmler. Mm-hmm. So if you look at when at the book burning, Himmler's there, and it's the same guy playing Himmler. Thought that'd impress our producer I didn't more. Didn't actually know that. Apparently not. I haven't named our producer this month. No, don't, don't need to. Cool. She was late. She was late, so we're on the outs with her. Um, so the next one, and and you said you didn't think we needed to include him, but I wanted to. Is Lao Che from the beginning of Temple? I think it's it, how he meets Willie Scott. Yeah, but he's also a completely disposable character. I, I love him. I think he's brilliant with his two weird. I always assume they were his sons. I, don't I know always why. think they were his sons. Right? Yeah. And they make, he makes a good bob out of one of them, which is fantastic. Um, nice try, Lao Jay. I just, I don't know why. I love him. I think he's brilliant. He um, was meant to be in Crystal Skull, uh, but because he died, um, Steven Spielberg changed his mind. See, that's how bad Christmas. So we're basically Skull blaming Roy Chow. He died for, to avoid being in Roy it. Roy Chow, we're, we're blaming him because if he hadn't died, Christmas Cole might have been good. Um, to move on from him, so we've got Mola Ram, As the who is played by Amrish Puri. Now, I didn't know the actual, I didn't know the name of the bad guy from Temple of Doom. Really? Mola Ram. He does get named at least twice. I'm in sure the he does, but I don't think I've ever paid attention to it. I know, like, Um Nom Shabai and all that business, like. You know, but I don't think I've... Uh, anyway, so Amrish Puri, he is a massive, massive star in Bollywood. Mm-hmm. Now, in Bollywood, they film 12 films at a time. Yeah. So he literally was doing three to four hour shifts every day 
and doing three a day and then doing like 12 films a week. So getting him in was very, very difficult for him then to play a part which was massively attacked for being insanely racist against the people that he is massively popular with. Um, I like him. As a bad guy, I think he's... All right, it he's smacks very a little bit of Baron Samadhi. Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. He's um, very over the top. And but like, a lot of that, I'm guessing, is frankly... the heart out of the chest and the stuff fact that is if you're going to cool. get people to produce a sensitive depiction of yeah, yeah, yeah. even Indian bad guys, so you know, don't like, get two white Jewish guys to quickly, do it. Just quickly, like, you know that bit when he plucks the chest out of his chest? Pulls the heart out of his chest, yeah. Pulls the heart out of the chest, sorry. Um, all of that is practical stuff. Yeah. So when you watch it on the Blu-ray, because it's, like, cleaned up digitally, it looks weirdly computerized. But it's not. It's all practical. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing stuff. Um, also from... So you know from what isn't practical in that film? What? The really, really shit blue screen as they're going through the forest in a dinghy. Yes, no, you're absolutely right. One of the worst right. pieces of compositing yeah, no, in a I, successful Hollywood movie 100% ever. just them all rocketing around. So we go to uh, Last Crusade. Walter Donovan... Is that it? We only got two bad guys. Yeah. I suppose, yeah, because you've got a whole load I mean, of like, the, the prime prince, minister. But everyone else prince. is like mind controlled and stuff. So and you've got really the big the guy with the turban. We'll come to him. Oh, okay. We'll come to him. Fine. We'll come to him. Um, everybody else is Last mind controlled. Say, yeah, so everyone else is mind controlled. They are just Carly people, aren't they? So, um, Lars Crusade is Walter Donovan, which is Julian Glover, who's yep. in Star Wars. Um, As a suitably slimy. Not, not much to say about him, but very good, very, very well acted, very well put together part, you know. I didn't think you'd uh, side with the slime of humanity. Such a good line. I only put him in so and I can say Shrine of Humanity. To be honest, you do get a <laughs> relative... I mean, it's been so long since you've first seen it that you've probably forgotten that there is a bit of a twist. Yeah, yeah, that he is Because he didn't with, take yeah. my advice. You know oh, when shit, it's he's looking over, You know when he's looking over the Grail tablet at the beginning? Yes, yes. And when he comes out and he's at the party, if when he opens the doors, if you listen, they're playing the cantina music on the piano. No. It's bum, 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 oh. on the piano. So, but it's really hard to listen to. But if you turn it up super loud... That's fine. Soup, I can turn it up super loud. annoy your wife by doing it to prove a point that doesn't need proving. Then yeah, you, they're playing the cantina music. You know I'm going to check that. You know they are. Turns out you're trolling me just so that I turn well, it you know, up. You really know R2D2 and C3PO are in Temple of Doom. No, they're not. They're in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm. When they take the Ark out of the big, I mean that's very famous. I'm sure our listeners all know that. Yeah. When they take the Ark out of the stone coffin thing on the left hand side on the pillar, there's hieroglyphics of R2D2 and C3PO. So the last one is Dr. Elsha Schneider, placed by Alison Doody, who is an Irish actress. Had uh, done a few things before. She was Jenny Flex in View to a Kill. Oh, of course she was. Uh, yeah. Which is super weird, because she's quite a lot younger, but um, apparently that massively put her off acting because um, she was a Bond girl on tour, and in those days, the Bond girls would go on their own publicity tour, and it was, she, was, she was just like, I just felt like a piece of meat. Oh, like, yeah, you were in View to a Kill. That was, yeah, yeah. I'm not sticking up for it or anything, but yeah. Um, no, but they wanted a mix into, of Marion and Willie, uh, uh, Willie Scott, that is, um, and I think they did quite a job. Well, basically, I think she's very good. They go for a, a hard-hitting independent girl like, she's gonna and shoot make her, her blonde. They're going to shoot her and stuff, and Sean Connery's like, "Don't do it. She's a Nazi." But she is also a Nazi. This I is love she's a bad my, guy. I love how Sean Connery says Nazi. Yeah, Nazi. The slime of She talks in her sleep. So yeah, so that brings us on to the last, my last bit, which is henchmen. 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 Henchmen of who? Henchmen of just bad general. Guys. And so you've got the Cairo swordsman because I felt like he needed an off a uh, thing, right? He's the guy that swings a sword around in raiders yeah. and he just gets shot. Yeah. And there was meant to be this enormous big 
fight scene and Harrison Ford said can I just shoot him instead would that not be better and seems because that would be brilliant um, Terry Richards who plays that um, has been very vocal over the years about how he doesn't think that lands he thinks it's just too brutal it's, it's outside of the character he wouldn't just kill a man in cold blood and he thinks basically he got gypped out of a whole scene and he feels really bitter about it I think the fact Sorry, that you're Terry. then inventing character driven motives to defend <laughs> yeah, exactly, this is exactly. like yeah because, so, let's face it, everybody else just thinks it's funny. The other bloke that's worth mentioning is Pat Roach, who is a, who's a stuntman actor blokey. Mm-hmm. He played the SS soldier in the plane fight who gets chewed up by the blades. You know, the big giant Yeah, the big guy, boxer. Right? Um, he also plays, you know, the really, the really massive Sherpa in Nepal that's really obviously in brown face with really bad makeup on? Well, so this is the guy in the mines with a big turban? No, it's him as well, yeah. But in no, oh. at the beginning of Raiders, when they fight, when Marion's bar burns down. Oh, yes. yes. It's really Sorry. obvious yeah. makeup, right? So that's him as well. Right. And it's also the big giant guy in the mines. Oh, my God. So Pat Roach is in it three times, yeah. It's quite cool. It's quite cool. Did he make an appearance in uh, Last Crusade? Uh, not that I know of. No. He certainly wasn't any of the reading I did, and I did quite a lot of reading. I mean, no, he didn't. He turned it down because politically it was outside of his... I don't know. Honestly, don't know. So rather than go through all the plots, as I said before, which everybody knows, I thought the better thing to do would perhaps be to go through our favourite bits of the films. Okay, so favourite... We'll pick a favourite bit of each With film. a view... Yeah. ...to finally answering the question of which one is better. It's Raiders. Oh. That question has already been answered. Oh, is it? ...by the Academy and the box office, but anyway. So, let's start with Raiders. What's your favourite bit of Raiders? Uh, the end... The credits. Oh wow! Oh, I'm just going to be straight up a dick about it. Okay, fine. No, like the bit okay. when it ended and Seriously, then Last Crusade um, is on. <laughs> it's really difficult to pick one because the trouble with Raiders is it flows <laughs> so good. It almost well. feels like one scene. Yeah, it's like so seamless. Yeah, I, I yeah, have yeah. a least favourite bit, but well, no, we what's, can what's your least come back to no, that. Least My least favourite bit is actually the end, near enough. Right. It's the special, Don't look, the special effects. Uh, that's all physical, terrible. by the way. But that's all practical. Yeah, but it's bad. So I think it's impressive. I mean, we I, said I, this I, in Ghostbusters. Seriously, Ghostbusters sure. got it right. Sure, sure. Raiders got it very, very wrong. Um, well. Actual favourite moments. I love the scene in the bar with Belloc. Directly when he after thinks Marion's thinks dead, Marion's dead oh. and of course, immediately just goes and gets shit. Goes and gets shit. He's playing with the monkey, the Nazi monkey. Um, so good. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad to see. You, I'm glad to see you know it's true. Yeah, I mean the that is so play there is amazing. I love all the stuff of Salah. Like I said, they're digging in the wrong place. And um, when he's like snakes, why did it have to be snakes and all that kind of business? Um, I love that bit when they are digging in the other site when they go down to the to the model and they got the headpiece of Ra. Yeah. Um, I was going to say about the headpiece of Ra. I've just remembered. Oh, what? The, originally it was one, two. Oh, no, we're talking about that in Temple of Doom. We're talking about that in Temple of Doom. Okay, uh, that seems relevant. It'll make, make more sense. Um, but yeah, um, I love when he goes down to the, into the cave when he looks at the. Yeah, okay, uh, so you love the entire movie. You meant to pick your favourite bit. Um, I mean, I love the entire freaking movie. Uh, I just think the opening. You know, he's in shadow, he whips the gun out of the guy's hand. So you know the guy, he whips the, the gun out of his hand? Yep. You know the one-eyed guy who's the monkey bloke? Yeah, yeah. Same guy. Uh, Same guy. Put an eye patch and a turban on him, can't tell. Well, apparently not. <laughs> no. Because I never clocked it. Feel a bit racist now. And of course that did lead rise to 
like the darts and running away from the ball. And it's the giant boulder. It's so good. Which became such a cliche. So when I was a kid, and we went, my parent, my grandparents used to live in America, as I've said before in the, in the on the podcast. Um, when we went to Universal Studios, there was a um, Indiana Jones stunt show, and it was running away from the boulder and the plane fight. That was the only bits I can remember. I'm sure it was longer than that, and it was one of the greatest things I have ever like ever 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 seen it was most amazing and I love it to this day so when he's running away from the boulder it's a 300 pound boulder and um, Harrison Ford insisted that he do his stunt himself so he did loads of the stunts himself so there's loads and loads of them Vic Armstrong um, famously was put on trial with John Landis because he got those people well didn't but he was involved in those people getting decapitated during the Twilight Zone movie by the helicopter um, he was the uh, stunt double for Harrison Ford um, and the, apparently the only way he gets Harrison to stop doing the stunts was to say you are putting me out of a job you're putting me out of a job yeah. like, there's no need for me to be here so but apparently he, ran, he did the running in front of the boulder the, ten times and um, Steven Spielberg said um, it was genius for Harrison to suggest that he did it himself because you can see him yeah, in yeah, the frame. Yeah, you can get much said, closer. It was genius for him to suggest it and I was an idiot for letting, letting him do it. Because can you imagine? Oh, anyway, anyway. yeah. So they, and I presumably, did they shoot in relative sequence? Was that the first thing they shot? Was the introduction? Because uh, that would be brilliant. It's like... Um, no, I think uh, that was later in the shoot actually because it was depending whether... Because that was all on Two days into the shoot and I so just they killed did location Harrison stuff first. with a giant boulder. Well, no, they, they did location stuff first and then then studio stuff at Elm Street um, which is generally true of all of the films and due to filming in general films in general this is why we have a podcast where you explain films to me so that's I don't know how this that's definitely my favourite bit I assume they, they literally film it in, in chronological order because then you've got order. the bit when he, come, he makes it out and Bel- the introduction of Belloc and stuff I mean it's, that's so good and there's not anything in Last Crusade that's that good but anyway we'll move on to that so Temple of Doom favourite bit favourite moment in Temple of Doom Jesus you like the singing and dancing at the bringing, don't you? I actually do. <laughs> I do as well. <laughs> um, and I like it because it would appear that for no reason at all, Spielberg wanted to produce a Broadway musical for about three minutes. Well, I think he wanted to... It was meant to be a throwback to the 40s and 50s films, but of a different type than they... But it makes yeah. no sense cool, at all. It's cool. Um, it's also got one of the dodgiest pieces of reverse running footage I've ever seen. <laughs> when they're coming out of the water. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Isn't it? What water? There's no water. Yeah. But when oh, they're yeah. doing, uh, popping up from doing the split. Um, and it just is completely and totally pointless. But what it's about... like, well, we're going to get on to the movie in a minute, but first, I want to make this thing. But I, I, I mean, I like it. It sets it up in a weird way, and it does feel a bit out of place, and it feels a bit like Steven Spielberg being like, no, I'm having this in there. But... I quite I think, like it still. To be honest, the beginning of enough. Temple of Doom actually sets it up to be a much better film than it turns out to be. In the club Obi-Wan, because that's what that club's... When you, yeah. If you look at the sign, that club's called Obi-Wan. You've you got know, the Chinese guys, you've got running, you have a machine gun and the gong. So you know the gong? Yeah. Right, so you know what I said about the headpiece of Ra? Right, so the first part in the Raiders, in the original script, the first part of the headpiece of Ra was Marion had. And the second part was kept by a Chinese general in China. And he breaks into a palace and he takes those people out like super stealth ways. And then this Chinese general guy comes out with a machine gun and shoots at him. And he jumps behind a gong and he shoots it down. And he runs behind it and the gong breaks the ground and he jumps through the hole. So that was meant to be Invaders. Right. Right? Um, Recovering the second the, piece so got, of the headpiece. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. get the second piece of the headpiece. But they cut it out because, just because of time and expense and stuff. He didn't go to China as well or whatever. Um, 
so they ended up using it in Temple of Doom. But then a similar bit is um, the plane jump with the life raft. So when he's flying to see Marion in Nepal, he falls asleep on the plane, and it's meant to be loads of like normal-looking people, an old lady, yeah, yeah. a businessman, a woman with kids and stuff. They all turn and out he falls to be asleep, evil. and when he falls asleep, they all jump off, and then he has to jump out with the life raft. So that was all meant for raiders, but they reused it. So what it you're in saying Temple. is that the only good bits in Temple of Doom <laughs> yeah, meant to be in raiders. were meant to be in raiders because it's the best film. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, pretty much, yeah. Um, no. But I mean, yeah, chill, chill even monkey down brains, to you've got the, monkey brain stands out. Yeah, you've got the the chase through um, Shanghai. You've yeah. got the amazing moment at the Hold airport. Hold on to your potatoes. No, <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's so good. The fight in the mines is good. Okay, the mine when he's in the foreground and short runs in the background beating up the Maharaja. Oh God, no, that's just so painful. Uh, but like the minecart <laughs> chase, gets, the minecart chase is great. It's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah, that is that, that is, is brilliant. Just brilliant. That's it. That is definitely the best bit, isn't it? Yeah. I love the bridge bit as well, when he shouts it in a Mandarin. I do love that. So, the bit with the bridge, so that British engineers were in India as a gift, building a uh, dam for people in Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. for the valley in Sri Lanka. And they built this steel cable rope, rope bridge, or steel cable bridge over this ravine. So, um, they dressed it up in vines and everything like that, so they were done with the dam and they left the bridge there for them. And they, they had to, you know, when he cuts the bridge with the rope, yeah. they had to get a way to cut through the steel cables. So they made these things that look like a teacup, right? With like a like an indent in them that they can put over the cable. And what it was, they are soundless, smokeless explosives that had a ch- little tiny chisel in them, an explosive above them. This is incredible, right? And so they what? set, as they slung the machete, or as the animatronic, you know, yeah, yeah. bloke did, you know, they aren't actual people, those are dummies. As the machete come down, they fire off those explosives and the chisel cuts, cuts the through the steel cable, which makes the rope bridge swing down. How cool is that? How cool is that? And then they went to Elstree and did a thing where, you know when they all bang down onto the side of the canyon? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't clap, sorry, producer. Uh, it's fine. Uh, when they swing down to the side of the canyon. It's the noise it makes when you're um, the side of a canyon. They, um, Steve, um, Harrison Ford did that. That's actually him. What? <laughs> Hanging on when they drop it and he bangs in and has to hold on that's it I mean he's not actually just holding on he's got a harness on and stuff yeah. but yeah yeah. how amazing is that um, but definitely the mind roller coaster bit is the best yeah definitely the, the only other funny bit that I've got a note here that I should have mentioned earlier is you know in the temple in the temple when he's being whipped yeah right so he's being tied up he's being whipped right pretty dark and they're, they're all feeling really down and everything so as they're doing that halfway through get ready for this Halfway through, Barbara Streisand comes in, dominatrix gear, black leather, and pretends that he's going to start whipping. She's going to start whipping. Barbara Streisand's going to start whipping. This is on a soundstage, don't forget. He's going to start whipping Harrison Ford. And as she raises the whip, Carrie Fisher comes in, dressed up as Princess Leia, and jumps in front of him and says, No, not a hand, not a hand. And then Irvin Kirshner comes in and says, What are you doing? Is this the kind of film set you run, Stephen? I'm sorry, what are we talking about now? <laughs> That's a thing that happened like during the making of Temple of Doom. We've just disappeared into a bizarre <laughs> film buff's so apparently, dreamland. So apparently they filmed them doing it and it like um, has made the rounds in Hollywood and stuff but it's never been released. But yeah, but Barbara Streisand who was filming next door they were like, do you mind if we dress you up in black leather and you pretend to whip him and Carrie Fisher comes in and there. And apparently that lightened the mood for the rest of the, the, rest of the shoot. Good, because it know, was a bit dour. It did improve thereafter yeah. if you think about yeah. it. Anyway, so, favourite bit, Last Crusade. Your whole 
film then your favorite bit um, the entire film but i have one very specific favorite bit and it's incredibly self-indulgent um no when ticket. they're in young sorry. indie no ticket no young indie no, no. when they're <laughs> they've dropped through the hole in the library in venice and Where? they're walking through the catacombs and Ilsa says, what's this one? And Indy says, oh, Ark of the Covenant. Nice Are you sure? Pretty, Pretty sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. That is so good. I love the whole young Indy scene. That chase along the train is absolutely incredible. It's beautifully So apparently there are handles and like grab holes hidden all over the top because it's a real train. Yeah, yeah. And the top of the train is really slick. So they had handholds and stuff hidden all over the place that you can't see. The animatronic rhino, the animatronic snake. Um, River the Phoenix. Rhino, not so great, to be honest, animatronically. The snake, the oh, I think it's cool, though. It, it only goes in one direction. The horn going up through the... And the, the fact that the horn know, also kind of wobbles Spiel- as if it was being hold, Steve- held by somebody. Steve- Steven Spielberg decided he wanted that done three days before they filmed it. So it was a model of a rhino that they then turned into an animatronic in three days. You know the drafts? Yep. Animatronic. Really? Yep. I thought they were real. The animatronic. So apparently, they, because they were on the train, they couldn't hear when they shouted action. So when they would, they were on radios and they'd shout, are you ready? And the giraffes would nod, I'm nodding. And when they say, are you ready? Are you set up yet? And then the giraffes would shake their heads because they couldn't communicate properly. <laughs> it's so good. Um, but no, I, lo- I love the train no, no, scene. The train scene is beautiful. I mean, that whole piece, and like you say, that flows as well as Raiders does. From the cave, gets the cross, and then puts the fedora on him. He, he, does, his, he dips it down, the fedora comes back up. The handoff on onto on the, the Coronado boat. is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and the fact that the boat is actually called so the I've, Coronado. I've got a white fedora that I nearly bought for you today so that you can dress <laughs> like him while I'm dressed like Indy. But it was a Panama. But, uh, it is a Panama, yeah, sorry. No, Panama. A white Panama, you're quite right. My favourite bit is the young Indy bit. Um, but I love <laughs> Last Crusade. But Last Crusade seems like... I'm getting serious now, you can tell. The Last Crusade seems like a more childish version of Raiders. Raiders seems harder-edged to me, more of like a hard-edged adventure story, whereas Last Crusade very much feels like a reaction to Temple of Doom. Yeah. And I think that the Raiders being the original, for me, is so distilled and such a purely like Indiana Jones thing. So one of the things you never asked me is why this is my favourite film. Well, why is this your favourite film? When was it released? It's a good question. Why do you not know this? 91? Yeah, 91. Yeah. So, um, it was... It's the same year as something else we covered as well, weirdly. I can't remember what it was. Go on. It was the... It was my first cinema indie. Okay. See, Um, I didn't get any indies in the cinema because I was eight... My parents were broke, so we didn't really do the yeah, cinema very fair much. Enough. I mean, my parents weren't exactly rolling in it, but I was 11, I was old enough, and... Well, that's why Brosnan was always my favourite Bond, even yeah. though I know better, and there he's is, my cinema Bond. There is this thing, there is this, this thing at the back of your mind that even though you can watch analysis and treatments and, you know, I don't know if we're going to talk about it later and I might be completely stealing your thunder, but the Soderbergh reworking where he oh, strips out all the colour and the sound and it's just an act of cinematographic I just analysis. watched the beginning over and over again. Yeah, over and over beautiful. and over again. It's so um, But it was my first indie in the cinema, big screen, and... Yes, was it your introduction not to as, indie? Sorry? Was it your introduction to indie? You'd seen the other two. I though. think I probably had, but not but to not. An, and again, any great you know, degree talking, of memory, sure. You know, if anybody was alive in the 80s, your TV was the size of a fucking postage stamp. I mean, I watched, in, I watched Temple of Doom and uh, Raiders so many times, very, very specific memory, at my grandparents' house, and it was 
when I was a kid growing up watching movies, it was James Bond, Roger Moore, James Bond, and Indiana Jones, and my dad. We, we watch, I watch with my dad. So I think I, I get what you're saying. I mean, it definitely is. I mean, that's an important thing, isn't it? I mean, that first, was my my first cinema. My first also. cinema indeed was never made. Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, maybe as a as a kid growing up, and you just kind of build these things up. That actually, I appreciated the fact that it was a bit lighter. And I but, do I think mean, that there's was so much of these films and things like this and Star Wars. There's so much of that built up around growing up with it as a kid, first experiences at the cinema. We are a generation that grew up, grew up on those movies. That's why they, we love them so much. That's why the Ewoks get a pass. That's why Short Round gets a pass because we grew up watching it. If I was thirty. I mean, we might come to it in the, in the, in the one-star reviews. We won't because they're all mental. But, but no, that is definitely that is definitely definitely a big part of it. It's got to be. I mean, Raiders is something I think probably Last Crusade was probably my favourite growing up. But Raiders is something I've come to appreciate as I've got older. Are you doing the Corinthians bit? You put away childish things. <laughs> well, sort of. Matthew Lillard from that movie. Anyway. Hmm. So other amazing scenes gone. You get well, you get one more from Last Crusade. From anything from anything it's got to be when he gets in the fridge and he really <laughs> I'm kidding <laughs> um, I love um, the belly of the steel beast scene oh the pen because there's so much going in yeah the pen yeah. is my near sword so it's so good because there's so much going on because you've got Indy on top of the tank you've got Henry Jones Senior and Marcus inside the tank and then it goes over the edge that is a welling up now we talked about this the other day that is one of the few moments in Indiana Jones that actually gets me a little bit teary-eyed. Thought I'd lost your boy! When he goes, the tank goes over and he pulls himself up, it's played for great comedy and great pathos at the same time. It's so good. I mean, that's Sean Connery fully committing to that role and Sean Connery being amazing. It does continue the trend of bad animatronics, though. Yeah. When the clearly cardboard tank... <laughs> Hits the ground. It was a miniature in a matte painting, yeah. Yeah. It was a miniature going over the edge of something with a blue screen with a matte painting. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, and that's the other thing I wanted to say as well, of completely on a tangent. The matte painting in these films is ridiculous. There's so many good, good, good backgrounds. But yeah, so also frankly, the location scouting ridiculous. And there's we so many really about this, but you know, I and they did I film all over the world. Occasional a lot film of Spain tourism, and normally when I'm in a place. So all that stuff in, in Last Crusade is uh, Spain. Yeah. Amazing. Except for the temple, which is actually in Jordan. Jordan mm. But the inside of it is soundstage, obviously. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, the church in Venice yeah. is actually there. Oh, is that a legit... Yeah, the square is well, actually there. Well, the square is actually there, but the yeah. inside of the, 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 inside inside of the, the library is a soundstage. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with the guy with the... That's another great moment. Stamping the books, and you can be looking at the stamp. You, kind of, you look at it's it such and an old joke. It's such a it's, reused it's old joke. It's yeah. but it it's totally gets to pass. Um... So yeah, location-wise, absolutely amazing. amazingly yeah. on Temple point. Doom was amazing as well. Between the boats, the, the, the speedboat being squished between the two boats. What? That's a master... master. Go around them, go between them, are you crazy? That's I mean, not Temple of Doom, you said Temple of Doom. That is Temple of Doom. No, it's not. That's Last Crusade. Last Crusade, sorry, yes, sorry, Last Crusade. Sorry, there are a couple, of, uh, a couple of interesting oddities. Um, Last Crusade, the uh, Brotherhood of the Cruciform Sword. Yeah. So that guy appeared to be able to travel really, really quickly. That guy um, auditioned for the uh, role of Salah, but he was now late, so they saw John Reese davis first. So by the time he got there, because he got hung up in LA traffic, by the time he got there, they already cast him. 
I think the movies are better as a result. Yeah. Um, right. So, right, so moving on. because We, we haven't really determined which one's best, although I think we can both agree that there Raiders is a massive amount of love for Raiders. There is a massive amount of love for um, Last Would Crusade. Would you be happy for me saying this? Raiders is the best, but Last Crusade is your favourite. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. And we both agree that it's Temple like, of Doom is Casino Royale is the, the, is the best Indiana Bond film, Jones. but like Moonraker is probably my favourite. But anyway, we'll come to that in Jay. Hmm. So... Let's get away from this argument and let's talk about a very big, important part, and that is the score. The score in these films are... I mean, they're of a piece. They certainly continue through one. I mean, Raiders March, which is the dun-dun-dun-dun, that's actually written for Raiders, which became the motif. Yeah, absolutely Um, iconic. And it gets played out at the end of Temple. Yeah. And we've played... And it gets played at the end of Last Crusade as well, yep. when, he, when Marcus rides off. I know the way! And this we, is, we've played the John Williams game before. Uh, this is John Williams at his finest. He does themes for characters, and he does them beautifully. I mean, he, he, John Williams is f- like a legit genius. He, he's the second most nominated person for Oscars after Walt Disney. Wow. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So John Williams has won 23 Grammys, seven BAFTAs, five Oscars, and four Golden Globes. And he's had 50 Oscar nominations. I mean, the man is... I prefer John Barry. But <laughs> no. but no, he is... No, I think the fact that he even gets a hat tip in the... Uh, um, not American Dad. The Family Guy Star Wars when special. He, yeah, when he did the Danny Elfman <laughs> Ladies thing. and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So John I've, Williams and I London's don't know if we've played this game before, but I'm going to play it. I'm going to spring it on you now. Uh, go on. Right, so, first of all, just quickly, just the beginning of Hum or... Dun 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 dun, whatever. Mm-hmm. The big, the Indiana Jones thing. Um, bear in mind, I've got Michael Jackson in my right ear, which is really, <laughs> yeah. really right. bad. So Indiana Jones. Right, cool. Now do Star right. Wars. Bam. Right. Now do Superman. I can't remember Superman off the top of my head. I'm sorry, you were saying that. It's such a, it's such an amazing thing, I, and I love them. All right then, but they are so difficult do to Batman do. Batman and the Men in Black. But Come on. The, the point I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to make is is that all the John Williams things uh, scores are so uh, recognisable, but well, they are all very of a type. Well, yeah, he likes his horns. <laughs> he likes his horns. He likes the brass section. Horns. But and I to mean, be honest, so he also has subtlety because uh, not that I'm going to ask you to do it, but um, Hum Marion's theme from indie. It's beautiful. It is amazing. Proper and, uh, adagio. They, they it's are, stunning. They are um, like proper orchestral pieces put together. He also did exactly the same thing for Lois Lane, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so there are a couple of a couple of points. To be honest, uh, again, soundtrack-wise, I would say I mm, it's a toss-up between Raiders and Last Crusade. Raiders because it started it, I guess? Uh, no, I just think in terms of actually listening to it, Last Everything Crusade's is... got some... It's got a, a finer balance, I think, right. a degree of maturity. Mm. That whole... Um, the, the little rift... When they're running away from things, and it's yeah, yeah. basically music to run away from things to. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I know, it absolutely um, is. Like, yeah. Temple of Doom well, he is say, He weird. says this amazing thing where he said... Um, and I'm Sorry, sure we'll come back to I'm this. I'm sure it'll be corrected. Sorry, I'm sure it'll be corrected about, about, about this. But he said uh, you don't score what's like what they're. You don't score that the fact that they're running away. You score what they're running away from. 
yeah, interesting. You know, because it like adds a sense of urgency to it. So if you're scoring what they're afraid of, it makes it feel more immediate. That's quite, that's quite a good astute observation. Which is unsurprising, because it's John fucking Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Temple of Doom, from a soundtrack perspective, it has the best piece of music out of the trilogy. So this is, is the March of the Slave Children. Um, right. And this is the... Uh, it's a recurring motif, but right. it's a bit that gets played when they free the children. Yeah, that yeah, is fucking triumphant. It's like super triumphant. Yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. If you want to walk is. like a badass on a, a grey Monday morning, just so stick that in your If you were a professional headphone. wrestler, that's the music you come out to? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's my coming out music. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I meant professional <laughs> wrestling, but now we know. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. But the rest of it is a bit odd, and there are, I'm not going to lie, uh, uh, there's a touch of elderly white guy, or not even elderly, but just white guy trying to do ethnic yeah, there's a lot Which of that. Is a bit and there are a couple like, of bits in there's a couple of bits in Temple of Doom when I'm like I feel like you're going for Indian, but this is coming off as like vaguely weird age like yeah, you, Chinese you've age. Missed like, yeah, you've missed you've your gone continent. Down a continent over. You've missed your continent slightly. I know that that sounds like an African marimba. What <laughs> um but basically the soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. No. Uh yeah. There's not much more to say about it really. No. It just is awesome. John Williams has He's the never best. made a bad soundtrack. Despite the fact that he has scored some terrible films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he's won Oscars or been nominated for Oscars for movies, which I can't name now, apparently, which are terrible films, but the score is incredible. Like, he, well, he, I mean, he was nominated all three times for these movies. I uh, didn't win. Um, but, I mean, how he didn't win, I don't know. I don't know. And that leads us on to Amazon Wild Star Reviews. Can I just, before we actually get into them, let's say I am amazed that there are people who can consider any indie film. And don't get me wrong, I, there are some that I don't like, or well, some that I like less than others. You know, Temple of Doom. Um, but yeah, that anybody can give any indie film a one-star review is mind-boggling. There are like 6,000 reviews of every film, and there are like 50, 60 bad reviews. The vast majority are like, the Blu-ray's bad, which is wrong, because the Blu-rays are fucking ridiculous. Don't nick us off the internet. It's not very expensive. Just buy the fucking block. Harrison Ford, Spielberg, and, and uh, Lucas do need the money. <laughs> God knows. I mean, Harrison Ford with his back end merchandising deal from Star Wars <laughs> is really after a few quid. They got, you know, they all did the same thing. So, because Star Wars taught them a lesson after how much money they made in Star Wars, they all were like, we'll take a small amount and also just pay us on the back end and merchandising. We're just like, imagine getting the back end of merchandising rights to Star Wars and Indiana Jones. That's it. Did Indiana Jones have a massive merchandising push? I don't think it did. Just think about hats. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, we, we're going off track. That's so a good question. I, didn't know, I don't know if there are action figures of Indiana Jones. Well, if there are, why haven't I got any? The movie is really great, but we all know haters gonna hate. We all know the film's alright. These crazy people think it's shy. From the depths of the internet, we bring to you. It's Amazon One Star Reviews. So let's start with Raiders. Yep. Number one, Virginia S. Wood. I don't know if we should be naming these people. Virginia Wood. Virginia Wood. Really? Virginia S. Wood. Okay. 2016. And this one is entitled, uh, Much hokier than I remembered. Plot holes, bad acting, cardboard characters, flat dialogue. Ugh. So she just legit doesn't like it. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Moron, but fair these enough. Are these are ramping up, by the way. I would expect the second one less. is by The Church of Jesus, 2015, one star, presumably not the Star of David. Their review is okay. 
Is, so like, so that's like two stars, right, or three stars? Wow. The Church well, of Jesus. I would have thought, you know, two and a half. So I've been looking at like their other things that they've been reviewing. The Church of Jesus gives five stars to what you would imagine. Like the Bible is literally anyway. How did they react to the Passion? <laughs> I could, I couldn't tell you. We should contact them. Though. We can contact them on Amazon. So uh, Victoria, 2016, one star. After the blaspheming of God's name, I stopped watching it. In which film? Raiders. She should have carried on, because he does get slapped later on for blaspheming God's name. He does. No, yeah. that's Last Crusade. Yeah, but that, uh, a lot later <laughs> on. A lot later on, yeah. <laughs> and then this one is by uh, Angels Have the Phone Box from 2012. Amazing. And it says, At 28, Indy raped his thesis advisor's 16-year-old daughter. And don't tell me Marion was willing. As she says, I was a child. It was wrong and you knew it. Then there's all the racism. Rape and racism. <laughs> I mean... Point well made, but don't want to you might be overthinking it. And frankly, does <laughs> that so really, good. really? Twenty eight. Indy raped his thesis advisor, sixteen year old daughter. It really feels like this guy's got like, or this person has got a real feel of the universe of the Indiana Jones. He knows that Abner is his thesis advisor. There is you also know. a bit of me that reads. He that knows as that Marion was sixteen. He's, he's bitter that he didn't get to rape Marion. <laughs> he either didn't or. At 28, he raped his thesis advisor's 16-year-old daughter, and he didn't get away with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Written from prison. And there we go. That's our first libel suit. That's that's Raiders. So let's do Temple of Doom. Lincoln, 2017. Presumably not Abraham Lincoln. Not the best. Agreed. It just sucks. I don't know what to say about it. Well, you do. You said it sucks. And also you say it's not the best. Yeah. And we've just filled an hour on it, so clearly we can talk about it for quite a bit, (laughs) even though it's not the best film. Anthony W., 2017. One star, that's the name of his review. Oh, right, just in yuck. case you missed the fact that there was only one yeah. star. Yuck, Kate Capshaw, more yuck. So that one is open interpretation, open to interpretation. Is it yuck, Kate Capshaw, like yuck, Kate Capshaw, and then more yuck, or yuck, then Kate Capshaw, then more yuck? Like Kate Capshaw is the, the only non yucky bit. Yeah, indeed. So, third one, Amazon customer, a fucking coward, as I always say, 2016, not waste time. Not waste time. Not waste time. Terrible movie, poor storyline. Ridiculous, gross eating scenes. Attempts to scare you scenes with creatures. I want to see logically solve problems, not eat creatures. <laughs> I present that without comment. <laughs> Which did uh, what creatures? I mean, there's crocodiles. Chewed, chewed monkey brains, no? Yeah, but that's not a creature. That's a dessert. Attempts to scare you scenes with creatures. I want to see them logically solve problems, not eat creatures. I think it's so amazing that when they unthawed that caveman... His problem is <laughs> the banquet sequence. When they, un- when they unthawed that Neanderthal, he went, like, got the hang of Amazon enough. Yeah. This one is by Sylvia Diane Falk, presumably yeah. Peter Falk's yeah. wife. So reference for the order amongst you. 2017 One Star. I did not order this video. I was at work and no one else was at home. <laughs> <laughs> not really review the film though is it Sylvia nobody likes unexpected Temple of Doom uh, but also if someone was going to hack into my Amazon account and just send me amazing films I'd be like oh I can't believe someone's hacked into my Amazon account but also I mean it could be worse couldn't it oh no I've received a couple of Temple of Doom I didn't order this video I was at work and no one else was at home I'm not going to lie it does sound like maybe she might have likely lost her mind maybe she thinks a ghost ordered it maybe and he's communicating back to the ghost. And, and Last Crusade, <laughs> Leah Last Crusade, here we go. Da- Dr. David Newson from 2016. Oh, he's a doctor. He's a doctor. 
his, his other reviews do not suggest that he is. Terrible! Plot driven by moronic idiocy as opposed to non-moronic idiocy. Uh, that's the title of the review. And the review is terrible! Plot driven by moronic idiocy. Presumably not a doctor of using Amazon. I don't know. I, his, his Amazon reviews are like... I loved the first season of um, Badlands. Okay. Which is a great TV series, but I mean, you're not too familiar with Karina, 2008, Violent, Violent, Violent. There's a comma and then a full stop, so Violent, Violent, Violent. I trusted the PG rating on buying this for my son, but the DVD is terribly violent with people being shot by the dozen, tortured and squashed. I found it rather boring. <laughs> so it's too violent and also boring. She wants more evisceration. He does. But less violent. So John, and the last one is John R. from 2014, which is just called Stupid. And the review is Stupid. 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 All the way around. So I looked at his reviews, and all of his reviews are lots of five-star reviews of knives, right? And then lots of one-star reviews of meditation books, like this didn't calm me down at all, and one-star reviews of Steven Spielberg movies, which leads me to suggest that John R. is a serial killer. (laughs) I've tried meditation, it hasn't worked, but I love these fucking knives. I hate Steven Spielberg. You're a scary dude, John R. I'm coming for you, Steven. How's your Trump vote working out for you, brother? So there we go. It, it, yeah. it, it is therefore possible for people they to... They do exist. ...moronically... They do exist. ...hate. Can we do a, a like one-star review system of the one-star reviewers? Because I would give all of those people one star. <laughs> well, we could put them up Just on a Facebook life. page and then people could then review the reviews. Do you have enough followers for that? No, and <laughs> okay, also I'm not sure I really want to connect with people yeah. that we've just called yeah, morons and serial killers on they're, social media. From the podcast I've listened to where they have done that, it has not ended well, so that might be a good Ooh. idea. I mean, it's, it, to be fair, they would have to come all the way to New Jersey to find us. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right, so the last thing then, I guess, then we normally do the other way around, but we'll do it this way around this time, is Legacy. Yeah, What? what's it given us? Tomb Raider. Well, yes. It's probably good. It's probably a well, quite no, a big no, one, no. It? Let's start with actual within the universe. It gave us a young indie. Yeah, sure, of course. Sean Pegg Flannery and that kid. Yeah, which is... That does not hold up. Ooh. I think we can agree. Well, no, we were talking about this the other day. Is that I remember being brilliant as a kid. He goes and meets lots of famous historical figures. And they're all feature length. They're all an hour and a half. Shot with an enormous budget. Shot with Douglas Slocum, the same director of photography that made the films. And they are incredibly badly paced and super boring. Super boring. They're really dull. I was like, I'm pissed. I'll put on Indiana Jones, but I've watched all the films. Let's watch that. And then I was no. I've got loads of it. No. It's really not. But that is the the bad legacy. There is worse legacy. They did try and make another movie. Well... Thank God it didn't work out. I... There were... There were good bits. Nope. There were good bits. Mark Williams isn't one of them. But there are good bits. I can't think of any off the top of my head. But they are, I'm sure there are. No. I haven't watched it in so many there months. Aren't any. But they made another one 19 years after they made uh, Temple of Doom. Uh, apparently they're making another one. Apparently doing Indy 5, 2020. Okay. So God knows how old. I, mean, I don't know. I actually don't know. I probably should, but I don't know how old, how old Harrison Ford is now. Well, it'll probably turn out that Shia LaBeouf stabs him. And kills him. If they take it over, they, look, if they're going to do anything, just reboot the whole thing and put Chris Pratt as Indiana Jones. That's fine. Yeah. But don't put Sheila... But, well, Sheila Booth is not going to do it because he's like anti-Hollywood now, isn't he? So fuck that guy anyway. But, yeah, I mean, there's lots of comics. Those are really, really good. I mean, outside of indie 
lore, there's, like I say, there's Tomb Raider, which would not be a thing, because it's just Indiana Jones with a chick, right? With enormous cans. Also, bear in mind, Indiana Jones did lead rise to a massive number of really good video games. Oh, did it really? 20 video games. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, being I'm told, told by, by our, our producer. producer. Who um, shall remain nameless. But a couple of those are still rated at the highest ever really? rated. Really? Yeah, expiration. I don't think I've ever played an indie game. No. Uh, one of my, in fact, my wife's Isn't two favourite video games uh, are Atlantis, Indiana Jones right? and the Time one. I don't know, something about time. And Tomb Raider. So There's there one go. with Atlantis, right? Oh, the computer game with Atlantis? Um, any any film that involves a giant boulder or some form of... Yeah, like National Treasure movies? National Treasure, yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all those movies. Like movies like that, like King Solomon's Mines. Yep. They made three of those. Um, the Noah Wiley thing, The Librarian, the TCM TV show, that was yep. a series of, of made-for-TV movies and now a TV show. All of that. Um, you know, uh, Tomb... What was, what was that Tia, Tia Carrera film? A TV oh show. Oh, God. To, not Tomb Crypts. Crypt Stumbler. Tomb Ray. Tomb Looker Upper. Uh, uh, pyramid uh, Booze. That, that, one, that one. That one. <laughs> Womb Rate, no. Um, <laughs> no, shit, what was it called? I can't remember, but it doesn't let's matter. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, yeah, but just all of that kind of stuff. Like, any smart guy who. Or girl. Or girl who moonlights as a badass adventurer. Uh, Relic Hunter, Relic Hunter, that's what it's called. Any smart girl or guy who uh, moonlights as a badass adventurer is almost entirely inspired by Indiana Jones. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, you know, I mean, even as far as like, uh, uh, like especially if you look at Temple of Doom, where he's an archaeologist that he's, has, a, has a crisis of conscience and stays behind after he's got the Shankara Stone. He goes behind to save the children, you know, um, a, a deep spa- space exploration vessel that goes out to, to find one thing and because of a crisis of conscience goes and uh, answers a distress, distress call and finds the Event Horizon. Um, even Event Horizon is in some ways inspired by... That was a reach. I that's, just kept talking. It's tenuous. I just kept talking until I could... Uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's far-reaching, isn't it? It's just far-reaching. Because they're just just the best. Um, there is also I've just been reminded by our lovely producer the Uncharted game series that ties. Oh in yeah, of course, directly Jesus. back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think there's also there's elements of specific scenes and specific things that have then become. I mean, that, that amazing Simpsons episode in season six when Bart's running away from Homer. He rolls under the garage door. No one else has watched yep. Simpsons as much as I have. Snatches the cap at the last minute. Snatching hat from under a closing door at the yep, last minute has become a, a stable of thing because of... Um, and that's blatantly because uh, they blatantly forgot to... Like, continuity-wise, he ran out of the room without wearing his hat, so they had to do an insert of them snatching the hat back. But at the same time, it builds character. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. That's been Indiana so Jones, right? Yeah, I think that's it. We're done. That is it. I, I, I got nothing else. Good. I got nothing else left. Just left it all out there. I left it, I left it all out in the field. Before we finish, uh, a couple of very important things I have to mention. Firstly, we have actually been nominated in the International Podcast Awards. Rob's got a podcast entertainment category. That's a different Rob, by the way, just to be completely clear. Uh, you can't vote, so, you know, no, no need to do anything other than just generally laud us with freebies and goodies and, and you know 
recognition of the fact that we've been nominated for a fucking podcast award. Also, we checked out the competition. We're probably going to win. Join us next month when we've got something a bit special slash potentially quite dangerous. It's Jay, so we have decided, in our infinite wisdom, that we will do all of the James Bond films. That's 20-something. Four. 24 movies. And because there is no way we can possibly do 24 movies and a tech segment, the tech segment will be interspersed and we will be discussing the various gadgets and technology that exist in the James Bond universe. I say, this has been The Gunk We Know Things. Until next time. <laughs>